0: Well, hello, 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 fans. What did you think was going to happen once the Spurs drafted Victor Wimbayama? Well, this is the Spurs Shoe Diaries. I think this is the name that Josh Numbers and I are going to uh, uh, settle on, right? A little kind of in-joke for you uh, millennials and or Gen X that happen to have showtime in the mid-90s. Welcome back, fans. Welcome back to our our podcast here. Uh, Josh Numbers, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I I'm doing all right. I am uh, excited to to talk about Wimby, and I'm excited that we finally have a name that is definitely going to be relatable to our audience.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, yes, our
1: <laughs>
0: that, <laughs> that weird Venn diagram of like kids that shouldn't have been watching Showtime in the '90s and uh, Spurs fans, which uh, as you know is is a, is there's a large overlap there. Uh, Joshie numbers today. We want to talk a little bit about. Um, this past weekend was the uh, Las Vegas Summer League, where we did see the debut of Victor Wimbayama. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about Victor Wimbayama. We'll also talk about, so far, who's been having a pretty good Summer League so far, and who do we, who do we think will continue to uh, impress and, and show growth throughout the summer. Uh, as well as just kind of free agency news, the Spurs have made a few moves here and there. Nothing uh, incredible, but I think some savvy, some smart moves, uh, as they're wont to do. And finally, uh, just reacting on the news that Pop has signed a five year extension to coach the Spurs. and our thoughts on that. Uh, what 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 can we expect? But let's stick off, stick off. Let's kick off with uh, Victor Wimbayama. Tell me your thoughts, Josh your numbers, on uh, on this weekend of Victor. Uh, mixed, but
1: trending upward. I think like everybody on Friday uh, was a little worried about his performance. I didn't get to watch it live, but um was seeing the chatter on on twitter and and threads um <laughs> <laughs> regarding it uh and then i went back and, and watched the game um and you know he didn't play well offensively but uh last night against portland we're recording this on a monday um he looked awesome uh on on offense and in all aspects of the, the of the game um and one thing that i kind of took note is how he just changes the team defensively. Uh, you kind of saw that uh, a lot of the, uh, especially last night's game uh, against Portland, they would get a little bit afraid to kind of go ahead and drive in. They were settling for a lot of uh, mid-range jumpers and threes. Granted, they were actually making them, but yeah. um, you did see where you know guys would stop before kind of going into the post. Um, You also did see Wimby play a lot in the perimeter uh, and affecting shots that way. Mm -hmm. So if if anything, you know, if he doesn't have it, uh, you know, some nights offensively, which, you know, is definitely going to be the case for any NBA rookie and any NBA player in general. um, He's going to be a very good disruptor on defense. And that's what excited me. Uh, Of course, yesterday he kind of came alive offensively. Uh, had a little bit of a slow start, still missed five free throws. But you could see once he got going after he made his first two shots, I mean, he was calling for the ball. He was making great passes to guys. Um, He can just see the floor. He was bringing it up. Well, he had that nice little kind of crossover where then he drained a 16 footer. (laughs) Um, and, And I think for me, it's just like like any young player, it's going to be a confidence thing with him. And I think you know, if once you start making your first two shots, he's going to get rolling. He's going to start asking for the ball. Um, so while I wasn't impressed on Friday, and I don't think really many of us were, um, yesterday you got glimpses of the guy that this is the number one pick, and this is why he's the number one pick. And, like, granted, it's against summer league competition, but it's still NBA. You know, there's still NBA players and guys that are going to make rosters. But I thought he looked awesome last night.
0: I was going to ask you, did you know who? Uh, so he had two blocks at the three point line, right? Um, did you know who he blocked last night against Portland? No, I don't. I don't remember. He blocked Gene Rayburn. <laughs> <laughs> I had two
1: guesses. Uh, One was Gene Rayburn and one was uh, Samaki Walker's son.
0: Yeah, Jabari Walker. I I kept telling Tori the Terminator, I was like, oh, that's Samaki Walker's son. And she just kind of looked like, all right, I don't remember Samaki Walker. But it was uh, Ryan Rupert, what's the guy's name? Yeah. Ryan Rupert. Ryan Rupert. Yeah. And so uh, I just thought it was funny because, of course, it was Gene Rayburn that he blocked. But, um, yeah, no, you know what? The, the word I would describe uh, the first game against Charlotte is raw. Just raw yeah. in the sense of you saw flashes of just incredible passing, incredible blocks. Again, he also had another block at the three point line, which is just crazy. Um, but he also got like rim checked on a dunk and just. Yeah was uh dribbling kind of out of control guys were just stripping the ball out of them or i think somebody on charlotte pulled the old electric chair the old robert ory electric chair where a guy backs in and then you just pull it out from so um raw would be would be how i described friday um and you know i was listening to a lot of stuff you know saturday trying to get my mind around it and you know a lot of Ringer nba and um I think the Ringer Draft Show talked about how uh, he just looked tired. Uh, Wimbiama looked tired, and he's just kind of been going, go, 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 non nonstop since the draft, right? Uh, flying yeah. here and there, doing all kinds of press interviews. I mean, that's just for anybody, right? But for a 19-year-old kid uh, from France, you know, that's going to be a lot on, on his plate. And not once has he complained about it, not once has he boo-boo faced about it. Uh, you know, he's just really taking it in stride. Uh, but they said, look, the guy looks tired. He was rusty. And one of the things I think Victor said, he goes, A, I don't know what I was doing out there. And B, right, the game before that was this exciting game against Portland and Houston uh, that came down to a a Jabari Smith. Uh, three-pointer, right, to to win the game. It was exciting. Like, uh, Tori and I were watching the game just waiting for Wimby to start, but they didn't get a good shoot-around. They weren't ready to go. And and guys, remember, this is Summer League, right? This is where um, a lot of players aren't going to make rosters, uh, but they're just trying out. So either they make the G League or they go to Europe or they go around the world, right, they could just take this tape and say, hey, look, I played uh, in the Summer League. Um, So, yeah, uh, Friday, I wasn't really too concerned because what I saw that was great was just the passing um the vision on the court uh you know i thought that stuff is really going to translate no matter what uh then you come to sunday and you know he did start off a little slow but but just like you said that crossover um he hit a nice little like 20 footer uh but really i think what got him going was that he got his own put back into a dunk and it was just crazy incredible he just he was either on his feet or in the air the whole time where he took the ball with his left hand and then just like dunked it like a big putback. And I think that kind of fed him. And that was more of the um, impetus, right, where we started seeing, OK, then he got a little more aggressive. Uh, that was something also Tori, the Terminator, noticed Friday. She said, uh, you know, he just lacks aggression, right? He just doesn't look like he's aggressive. And, and he wasn't fighting for rebounds um, or or, you know, in the post where he should be. And on Sunday, it was a different story. Once he started kind of getting his confidence, then he was pulling down rebounds. Then he was getting more blocks. Then he was getting more passes. I think he and Dominic Barlow were working very well together in the front court. Uh, uh, I think Julian and Malachi didn't have a great game last night either. Uh, so again, still just really disjointed. But once once he kind of started turning the the tide against uh, the Portland Trailblazers, right, we were, you know, we, uh, the San Antonio Spurs were down by uh, two points, I believe. It was like 78-76. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's when Blake Wesley goes for an ill-timed three, right? He should have just given it to Wemby. I mean, the guy was cooking, uh, but more on like Wesley uh, in a little bit. Yes, uh, but you know, I what you want to see in these games is what's going to translate into the league, right? What translates is great passing, uh, good shooting, and rebounds, right? That's always the fundamental parts of basketball that will transcend from college into the pros, high school into colleges, right? These kind of athletic plays, um, uh, well, like I said, rebounding, blocks for sure, passing. Those are the things that you want to see. You want to see guys moving, cutting passing uh, and make just smart basketball plays. And then the score is going to be what the score is going to be. These things aren't, you know, uh, the Spurs have had great summer league teams that didn't amount to much. Right. I, I think of uh, Jonathan Simmons, who was a yeah. good little player for the Spurs as well as Kyle Anderson, who's had a very, very good career. Right. But these guys were supposed to be, you know, summer league all-stars. And uh, I believe Rudy J. If Rudy's listening to this had once asked pop about Kyle Anderson doing so well in summer league. And he said, it's summer league. Yeah, you're talking about summerly grades. Right? It doesn't. So uh, I just saw reported right now that. What we had anticipated, the Spurs are shutting down Victor Wimbayama uh, for the remainder of Summer League, which is great. He's been playing basketball nonstop for the past 12 months, Uh, whether it was internationally, whether it's for his team, the Mets. That just finished right before the uh, that season and finals finished right before the draft. And he's kind of been going, going, going. So um, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to just let him rest. Let the guy rest for a couple of months. Get off his feet uh, like I texted you earlier, get in the lab and work out and, uh, and, you know, just kind of get ready for this new season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's the right move. And I think also it gives a lot of the other guys, um, definitely time to gel. Um, you saw that there was a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, in that first game kind of throwing Wimby into it. Um, and there wasn't a a big connection between Wimby and and the guys there. Um, And granted that team had already been playing two games, you know, in what Sacramento, I believe earlier in the week. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, it gives them an opportunity to kind of gel and mesh together. Uh, One more point on Wimby too, you know, we talk about bringing the skills that you want to see into a game, whether it be, you know, rebounding or, or passing or, um, you know, putbacks, things like that. Another thing that impressed me was his ability to get to the line. And I think something that uh, is really a lost art in today's NBA where, you know, people are pulling up from 35 feet or, you know, you have uh, you have big guys, maybe like Giannis or Jokic, right, that can play behind a three point line or um, shoot mid range jumpers. Wimby wasn't afraid to go ahead and and take it in and get hit and get fouled. And he's definitely going to have to work on his free throw shooting because I think he's definitely going to go ahead and take his share of hacks. But I was really impressed at his ability to just go ahead, draw a foul and get to the line, because I think that that's something that can take years for players to go ahead and and actually, you know, get down to a pat. uh, James Harden's made like a whole career out of it. But (laughs) but at the same time, I mean. For this guy who's 19 years old to kind of have everything that's been thrown at him, it, it was just it was impressive to see him do the fundamental things. And when you talk about the Spurs as an organization, you talk about fundamentals and there's nothing more fundamental than rebounding and and getting to the line and, you know, amazing passing or, or finding the uh, wide open guy, unless your name is uh, Blake Wesley.
0: <laughs> oh man, we're cooking Blake right now. Um, I, I, do think one of the things that, um, uh, I don't think it's a shame, but I, I think if you watch the game last night and rewatch it from last night, yeah. um, you could see in the second half that these guys were starting to learn how to play with each other. And when you talked about playing in Sacramento, right? Uh, they played against the Charlotte Hornets and the Lakers. This was a team with Julian Champagne, kind of the tip of the spear, Dominic Barlow, uh, Blake Wesley and Malachi Branham and City Sissoko, right? I think City's yeah. done some really nice things. If you watch the tape, um, they, they were playing pretty well with each other. Then you put Victor in the situation into the equation and that kind of disjointed. They didn't know how to play with the guy that this might be the most talented player any of those guys have ever played with, right? ever shared the court with. So they don't know each other. They don't know who can cut pretty well, who can, you know, um, it reminds me a little bit of, of when Tony Parker started, right? He, this guy was kind of darting up and down the lane and was hitting Steve Smith and Danny Ferry uh, with these passes that they weren't expecting, right? They didn't know they were suddenly open, you know, because this little guard could could you know zip in and out of the lane, and so, uh, but you started to see. This raw primal continuity form, where the guys are like, "Cool, if I if I can get uh, the ball to Victor right outside the paint, right, he can either score, or he, he can once he draws a double, you know, he's going to see um, he saw City Sissoko right out for a three point line on the other mm-hmm. on the weak side, right, and uh, so." it's It's kind of a shame we won't see that for the rest of the the remainder of the summer league right and to be honest with you the guys are on the summer league I, I like, but they're all going to be towards like the middle to the end of the bench right some of them in austin um uh but yeah, you started to kind of see these guys working so well, so I think to put a bow on it right I think victor um showed still raw right still raw you yeah. still saw these flashes of just great basketball excellence and what could be you know the the um potential of what could be and i guess i'm also really excited i want to see now i want to see him play with mamu and i want to see him play with
1: Sohan, jeremy so yeah jeremy
0: so like i want to see that two-man game uh work to to perfection right uh i'm, I'm really really excited and uh, like I said, uh, these guys, they just had not played with each other, especially uh, imagine if he had like just like a an average point guard just to set him up, you know, and, and kind of get him the ball where he needs it. Uh, I think he really could have uh, shown even more. But what we saw, I think, is great. I think it's very, very exciting. I can't wait for summer camp to start and kind of see what the starting lineup looks like. I'm unsure if they're still going to play him a power forward or if he or maybe it just takes a year and a half, two years for him to beef up when he becomes a, a center. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't think he and Dominic Barlow got in each other's way. I think they really complimented each other and Dominic is, is out there and maybe we'll, we'll kind of shift towards uh, who do we think is having um, a really, really good uh, summer league so far. And what does that mean for the team? Who I'll go with you. Who do you, who's your first pick as to who's having a uh, really good summer league?
1: I think Dominic Barlow has been fucking awesome uh, so far. And uh you know he had twelve points that first game against Charlotte, which was a real low scoring game. Um, but on defense yesterday, uh, especially, he was boxing out. Uh, he just looks like he's going to be a very, very good front court player. Um, and this is a guy that the Spurs kind of take a chance on uh, later on in the year. And I, I just I was very impressed with them. I, I think that he's a guy that. Um, you know, maybe start off middle of the bench, maybe your ninth or 10th guy off, but he, he really hustles hard and you can definitely see that. Um, and I think he can definitely be somebody that can work himself into, uh, into a rotation. Um, I think he was also, you know, played fairly well during those two California, uh, California classic games. I think that's what they were calling it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Dominic Barlow for me, I, I, I think, he hasn't put up, you know, the the 20, 26 points that maybe other guys have, but he's just been fairly consistent across the board. Um, like I said, hustle, playing good defense, and um, like he was he was setting picks for for Yama yesterday. Like you're setting a pick for a guy that's seven foot five. Like who does that? Um, but he just has a very very good basketball IQ that I think uh, can only get stronger. You know, being with this organization.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, I, I think Dominic Barlow uh, has been having a fantastic summer again, just showing that that growth, right? I mean, he he showed up on the Spurs radar what April, you know, the last yeah. month, the last uh, uh, month of the season, and he showed up to overtime elite. I think what Doris Burke uh, was saying, pardon me, last night was that uh, he came to basketball pretty late right? Like uh, a scout, I think an AAU scout uh, just kind of saw him playing pickup basketball. I was like, well, look at this kid. You know, how, is he, how hasn't he been on anybody's radar, right? So he may be maybe one or two years kind of behind his contemporaries who may have been scouted more and gone to a bunch of different games or clinics and things like that. Um, but I think with a player like Dominic, it's the the want to, right? It's, it's, yeah. There are going to be a plenty of guys that are as talented as you um, that you come up with, but you have to outwork them you have to show up every day you have to work to get harder get harder get better uh, and play hard Uh, and i've been watching some of his videos on you know the spurs youtube channel and and you know what was he doing in austin and i think you know you've definitely seen a leap from a guy that was a a pretty good rebounder a guy who could get dunks to a guy now that's uh, shooting 20 footers right and they're smooth smooth, smooth stroke. And I think, you know, every once in a while I can hit a three, but I don't need him to hit a three. Um, but yeah, as long as he's still scrapping, as long as he's still going for boards and getting blocks and setting pretty good screens, right, doing the dirty work, um, he has a long future in this league. Uh, the second player I, I guess I'd bring up after Dominic um, would be Julian Champagny. Yeah. I think Julian started off, you know, red hot in the Sacramento uh, Summer League. and And the past Two games in Las Vegas has been okay. He's kind of regressed to the mean a little bit, but here's a guy at six eight six nine who was rebounding and who was hitting shots all over the court, not just three pointers, but inside the three point line. Just a smooth stroke. Also, I think a guy with a bit of an attitude. I think if you see him throw down those dunks and yeah. get in like he is staring guys down, like this is a New York kid. This is a guy that's not gonna take any uh, any shit from anybody. Uh, and you want that. I think again, you need to have that kind of uh attitude as a as an undrafted player that i deserve to be here i belong here and i'm gonna like rip out your heart if you're standing in between me and and my opportunity i'm gonna you know i'm gonna rip your throat out and and you know it's not it's typically not you don't see that much on the spurs of a guy that really just stares guys down i think you know when the camera would cut away you would see him talking trash to yeah uh, the opposing player but you that's the kind of player again that just believes in themselves that is working hard um Another player that that came on real late with uh, with the Spurs in in April, uh, but I found some chemistry with Mamu and, and cutting. And I saw a guy that could cut. I saw a guy that could shoot. A, to me, a prototypical three, you know, kind of in the mold of a, a working man's Carmelo Anthony. Again, a guy that can handle the ball a little bit, but he's not a point forward. Again, he's more of a shooter. He's going to come New York off of, guy, New York guy. Uh, you know, what I'm talking about New York guy. Get, get a load of this guy, right? Yeah, he's he from New guy York. Right here. This guy right here, he's from New York, all right? The Mecca of basketball. Um, Again, I think in in Sacramento, he did really, really well. Um, And then, uh, you know, okay in Las Vegas, but again, you know, I'm – I'm interested to see what he does with Wimby out, right, to see if he gets back to kind of following the offense through him. But he did sign uh, for, what, three, four years with the Spurs. He signed a nice little contract yeah. that paid him about $3 million. Um, and this is a guy I think that that's already going to be maybe a solid guy off the bench, um, a guy that could come in and, and really score and play hard and move without the basketball. Uh, you know, something you and I talked about a few weeks ago, or maybe last week, was that, I'm high on the Spurs draft picks. I'm high on the scouting. Let's say that. I'm high on the scouting. I think the Spurs have have been able to find players uh, not just through draft picks, but again, through these unsigned guys, through these guys on the waiver wire. They've really brought in that have a lot of talent, and they're building a team, uh, a solid, solid core of a team with finding these these kind of discarded players. And and that's what we can do better than anybody else, right? We're not going to sign... Uh, free agents. We're not going to make like crazy trades that bring in talent. Uh, but we, what we can do to kind of compensate is find these players that, um, that are talented and maybe they have one or two uh, defects in their, in their game, but maybe we can move over that. If the guy can come in and work hard and kick butt that's all you need, right? I always think of you know if you got two fists and what was, what was the guy on WWE used to say? If you got two fists and a heart, right, you can win any match. Yeah. I mean, it was a joke, but I, I still I still believe that. So, uh, Julian champenny, yeah, doing well. Excited to see what he does the rest of the summer, and excited to see you know what he does on the team. Um, anyone else for you, Josh? Your numbers.
1: Uh, I, I think. Lastly, uh, well, just before I, I get into it, uh, for champenny just instant offense. He kind of reminds me of uh, a Steven Jackson, you know, type yeah. guard, small forward that you can plug in. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to to see that uh, with him, but I think you're right. I think now that Wimby is gone, the offense is probably going to flow more through him. Uh, and you may see him, you know, pick back up with, you know, getting 20, 25 points. But um, another guy that I I've been impressed with, uh, but you know, I, I was kind of already on, uh, on the train was, uh, Malachi Branham Uh, and you know I I think he's a guy that didn't really get consistent minutes last season Um, you know going back from Austin to kind of being on the roster and then uh, a lot of turnover kind of in season with the team but you know he showed flashes of a guy that you know can get buckets can go ahead and score Um, I don't think he's going to be you know the best defender but I don't think he's necessarily going to be a guy that you have to hide on defense right um, you know, right. we saw him, I think we even talked about it, uh, during the last podcast, you know, bringing up the ball as well, um, you know, and kind of conducting the offense. Um, so I, I think he's, he's played well. I, I wish that he, uh, you know, the numbers reflected that, uh, you know, I, I think he's a guy that, uh, like I said, could go out and, and maybe get you 20, 24 points, but, um, I think he's somebody that as he gets comfortable in his role with this current iteration of the team, sort of like he did last season, I think he is going to be somebody that uh, they'll have an option to to go maybe in the fourth quarter to help close out games to, you know, make sure it's not all on Wemby or or Devin Vassell or, or on Keldon Johnson. You know, this is a guy that, you know. People are going to forget about and, you know, hell, he's going to be wide open for three and he's not going to be afraid to take that shot. So, um, you know, uh, I really like Malachi Branham and uh, I think he's going to be, you know, a huge part of the rotation for uh, for the next year.
0: Yeah, I think kind of just coming off the bench uh, still and also maybe just kind of provide um, uh, flexibility in the lineup. Um finally, I think the person that, that you know I think has had okay, but again you have to watch the tape is City Sissoko. I think City's uh on ball defense has been incredible. Yes. Um, I think he's made Brandon Miller look so human and frail. Um I think he's just kind of being a, a nightmare and a terror to any any kind of wing or guard that handles the ball. Uh his offense isn't there yet. It the, you know he he hit one three pointer. Um not a bad looking stroke but just you know it's just not there right this yes. isn't a guy that we're expecting to um you know become the microwave junior or anything like that uh, but just incredible defense and incredible passing when he gets out in the fast break right he does this incredible i feel like i used to see it all the time where a guy would uh go on the fast break get into the middle of the lane turn to the right and just like heave the ball over their head to the guy in the corner for a wide open three, right? Like you would just, I feel like you saw that more in the nineties, right? When that was kind of a set play of like, let me get into the lane the yeah. and collapse it. And then, you know, hit to the wing for a three pointer. Uh, Grant, great Grant Hill
1: would do that to Jerry Stackhouse yeah. on his Pistons teams. Yeah, that exactly,
0: yeah. exactly. So, again, a guy that, uh, again, a 19 year old guy that, um, but has the body of like a power forward, right? Like, yeah. Has the body of like Alfonso Ellis or something. Like, uh, he's got some junk in the trunk. He can rebound. Uh, just an athletic guy, but just uh, now he's raw. Now, I think he's still definitely raw. You see the glimpses, but the, you know, the air balls and stuff are definitely need work. Um, so he's gonna need to spend you know his time in Austin uh, the next year, the next year and a half to just play ball. Um, and just shoot threes and then just play ball all year round. Uh, and he could get better. Again, if he has the one to, if he has the desire, if he's got the um, uh, right kind of attitude about it, I think he could really grow and make something of himself and really become uh, a gem. If he doesn't, right, if he's a guy that's like, ah, I'm all right, I don't know, you know, he won't be in the league in a couple of years, right? It, 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 you know, different different paths for everybody. Uh, the one person I think we, we can discuss that's probably having just, you know, a sub, par although the stats may not show it uh summer league i think is blake wesley yeah um uh, blake is showing to kind of be a combo guard um that can shoot pretty well can kind of get to the lane um decent handles i'm not saying he has the best handles they're decent uh but just no court vision right there's opportunities where i think he can hit with pretty good passing he can hit open big men or open wings and really open up the court um i think there are opportunities where he would come off the pick and roll. And he's just looking for his shot. He's a gunner. He's Larry. Mm-hmm. Hughes. He is just there to, to, to fill up the stat sheet and not uh, to make, you know, necessarily make his teammates better. And, um, you know, after a year in Austin, uh, he was hurt uh, the first part of last year. I think that kind of hurt his development. Whereas a guy like Malachi, I think we talked about this last time, a guy like Malachi got better and better each week, each month in the season. Obviously, Jeremy Sohan got better and better and more refined i think blake just kind of uh, is still is still where he you know at the same spot he was last year and, and you know again if we have a lot of players like a julian champenny and a malachi branham and, and we've got some of these um uh, rookies that are kind of coming in second year players right he could get lost in the shuffle if he doesn't you know if he doesn't kind of learn the game of basketball learn how to Tempo and learn how to control the ball, and learn how to kind of run an offense and hit open guys and make, you know, make your teammates look better makes you look incredible, right? If you kind of have that pass first mentality, um, you know, there's no reason why, if, if he was a better passing point guard, there's no reason why he couldn't be the starting point guard on this team. Yeah. Um, but again, he just he reminds me of just like those combo guards from the 2000s that, you know, we'll get to the lane and, and maybe shoot a three, but just uh, never really looking to to make the offense flow or make their teammates better.
1: Yeah. And and it's hard when, you know, again, you mentioned he got injured kind of middle of the season early, early in the season and then made his way back. I thought he looked actually pretty good. Um you know, the first month of the season, then, uh, of course gets hurt and then just kind of regressed. And the numbers, like you said, aren't going to show it. Like, I think he had 17 points yesterday. Um, shot the ball, you know, fairly well, to be honest with you, but again, not dumping it off to Wemby and, you know, kind of just lazy turnovers that, that you would see that you would expect from a rookie. Um, I don't, I don't think that this is, necessarily painting like the bigger picture i think he is talented and that's why you know you saw us take a first round you know flyer on him last year of course that's what happens when you have three first round
0: picks (laughs) and two
1: of them are you know uh, kind of mid-round picks but you know at the same time like you said it's easy to get lost in the shuffle when this team is just primarily made up of new guys so you need to go ahead and find your way and maybe his Way of thinking is my my way is going to be I'm going to just shoot the hell out of the ball, um, but you also need to learn how to go ahead and and give it up on certain occasions. Uh, I was listening to my least favorite favorite <laughs> radio show, Rick Hamill and Antonio Daniel. Oh God! And, and Cam was like, "Well, you know, Blake Wesley played great yesterday. He led that comeback, and I was like, he had to lead the comeback because his." shooting and decision-making early in the game. Was yeah, the reason it put why us in a we hole. down. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, like God damn it, Like, am, am I going crazy? But, you know, again, the numbers aren't going to reflect that. Yeah, I think he's averaging like 17 points um, so far amongst both games uh, in Vegas Summer League. But um, when you see the decision-making, it's enough to drive you nuts. And I'm sure Pop and him are going to have some conversations leading into training camp about how to go ahead and better distribute because i think you're right i i, I think this team doesn't have a, a true number one option as a point guard and we'll kind of get into that uh you know here in a second but um that spot could be open and, and right now it is trey jones until somebody else takes it away but this could be a place for blake wesley to go ahead and you know steal that spot and it doesn't look like he has a desire to do so it looks like he's Going to be a shoot first guard. And I think if he wants to have a, you know, have a very good roster spot, he is going to need to learn how to dump off that ball.
0: Well, you know, I, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, fans. So I, You know, if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But one of the things about taking a bunch of of young players, right, Uh, if you take one rookie, right, that one rookie needs a lot of attention, right? It needs the coaches and the coaching staff need to devote a lot of time to this is how you play basketball in the pros, right? This is how I'm going to break some bad habits of yours. This is how I'm going to make you better as a shooter or a passer or a rebounder, right? When you have three rookies, right, you're really splitting your attention three ways, Right. And so um, sometimes I think that's that's. I know we talked about the process last time, but that's one of the drawbacks of a process is that you're constantly bringing in new players that you need to teach. You know, a, a baseline level of basketball and a baseline understanding of your of your um, plays and your offense and your defense of the playbook, right? And every time you bring an additional new person in and a younger player. Um, your attention is just going to be kind of split and fractioned and uh, siloed off. And they're not going to get, you know, the the amount of um, attention they need. And that's one of the things I thought about when the Spurs didn't get um, another first round draft because that, okay, they can pay attention to Wimby and Wimby, what do you need? And then this is how you play and this is how to look off defenses, right? I could pay, now if you had, let's say Wimby and Bilal, which I would have liked, right? Now you're, you're having to, uh, segment your attention and your coaching between two players, right? Yeah. Two players that you really want to become um, uh, stars and you really want the best for, but you really can't half-ass it, right? They really need to have focus and attention, and I think that's probably part of the reason Blake is is a little behind, is that, A, he didn't get that attention. Uh, Jeremy got that attention, and he got to play a lot, and Malachi got that attention, and he got to play a lot and work his way on to, you know, from from Austin to the bench, to coming off the bench, to, you know, being a sixth man. Uh, but Blake didn't get that attention. And so, you know, I don't know, you know, he uh, probably another year where he really needs to be taking notes, right? This is almost like a, if you have to repeat school, right, you, you better, you know, pay attention. You better have some sort of advantage over, you know, a city Sissoko or a Julian Champagne, right. You better have some sort of advantage if you're going to play this next year um, to find somewhere or else, you know, Maybe you're you're you get traded or maybe your agent tries to find you another place for you to play. Right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I'm not I'm not we're not trying to bury this guy, fans. We're not trying to. He's he's got uh, talent. He, he's, yeah, he's got he definitely does. Sure. But he's a guy that needs to learn how to play basketball or, you know. And then again, maybe he learns later in life and maybe, you know, that's in another league or something like that. You know, it just it just happens. Right. Um, speaking of just kind of moves and and uh, let's move over to the free agency so far. Um, not again, we did not a lot of big splashy moves with free agency. Um, the most recent uh, was kind of facilitating a trade that brought in Reggie Bullock. Uh, to the Spurs. And from what Brian Wright was talking about, I believe on Friday, it sounds like I mean, they may have plans for him. He may actually yeah. play and, and come off the bench. Uh, a wing, a defensive wing that has, I believe I saw maybe 38% from three, which isn't terrible. Again, any kind of wing that can shoot threes, uh, the Spurs are going to need. So we've got Reggie Bullock coming in here. Seti uh, Osman, and again, another player brought in to help facilitate a trade for another team. Um, again, Not too much, you know, another wing that could shoot threes. Uh, uh, But what I'm really excited about, again, is bringing back your uh, Mamu, uh, not (laughs) Skittishvili, I'll just call him Mamu. Let's not get into it. Yeah,
1: Mamu Moscovelli. Moscovelli.
0: I'm excited to bring him back again. A very, very smart uh, post player that can pass the ball. I think this guy's going to, you know, if he ever plays with Wimby, uh, he's going to make Wimby's life so much easier by finding him open looks and also helping guards that are slashing to the lane or helping with pick and pops. So, of all the free agency moves, I am so excited that um, he was brought back. I'm excited that Julian Champagny signed his contract. And I'm excited that that we pretty much brought back uh, Dominic Barlow because he's really showing right now um, his uh, his worth and, and coming off the bench. I think he's going to give Charles Bassey some some, uh, you know, competition there. We also brought back Trey Jones. um Good point guard, average point guard, uh, but if the guy can, you know, just keep his his um, turnovers down, which it seems like he does, he keeps his turnovers down. His assists are okay. Uh, maybe he'll look like, you know, he may look like Avery Johnson next to David Robinson, right? If I just pass this guy, you know, this this seven foot phenom the ball. I'm going to get like assist numbers like crazy. And if I don't turn over the ball, right. uh, That's going to, you know, improve our team's chances of winning. So I'm glad with Trey Jones. Um, Ultimately, I'd like to see if we could upgrade there, but maybe not this season. Uh, But yeah, Josh and numbers, tell me your thoughts on uh, free agency wise.
1: Uh, I'm going to go in the other direction. I think that we have handled free agency as, as bad as we could have. And, um, I, I, I like bringing back the guys like Mamu and Dominic Barlow and uh, Champenny and, and even Trey Jones. But I also think that in order to develop uh, a player like Wimby, especially a post player, you need to go ahead and and take a chance and bring in a point guard. And granted, I think last time, you know, we talked, I said this wasn't really a great free agent class. But at the mm-hmm. same time, um, you know, we really didn't do anything to go ahead and change that. Um you know, you, you can't you could have brought in maybe like a Gabe Vincent. I don't know if I would have thrown the money at Fred Van Vleet that Toronto did. Um yeah. I mean uh, I Toronto that, that Houston did. I, I, I think if any team has looked worse than us in free agency, it's it's Houston. I don't I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> That's but. one of the nice
0: things about being like down high ten from them is like you think we're bad. Look at these guys. Yeah. And
1: and you know, I I wish that they would go ahead and at least try to go ahead and find something. I like Trey Jones. I think he's a fine player. Uh, and maybe you're right. Maybe he turns into an Avery Johnson type that, uh, you know, he's old, reliable. He's going to go ahead and get you your nine assists a game. Um, you know, maybe, nine,
0: I hope he gets six. <laughs> and, and, and
1: Well, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm trying to be more optimistic, but uh, you know, and, and take, you know, outside jumpers when they're open. But, um, I don't know what the plan is, was, um, is going to be. We still have what I think like twenty five to thirty million left on the cap.
0: Um, I think it was it's down now to fifteen after the um, after the Reggie Bullock uh, deal, but we still can help facilitate another trade. I think we could take in even more. yeah Yeah. we could take even more um contracts and go over like the luxury tax if we were to bring in um let's say a Tyrese Maxey or something like that that'd be pretty exciting but um you know as of right now you know free agency is pretty much dried up you know there's not a a lot of lingering players uh that haven't signed yet unless Jalen Brown from the Celtics who apparently hasn't signed yet
1: well and and not only that like I, I think we're kind of headed towards we're going to be the token third team to go ahead and facilitate a trade. Um, right. And we've done it before, and you see that every year where you know uh, uh, a franchise player is going to be on the move. And of course, it takes multiple teams to go ahead and set contracts. We have the money to go ahead and take it. Um, and one of the things that we've been able to go ahead and do is uh, acquire draft picks by doing that. That's um,
0: right.
1: And not necessarily if these players are going to go ahead and stay. Like I think uh, Danilo Gallinari last year was kind of a perfect example of like, <laughs> Hey, we need, we need, we need to throw him in to go ahead and make this work. And then we were just like, see ya. Um, and then, you know, he ends up in Boston and unfortunately doesn't play last season. But, um, I think that, you know, we probably are a prime candidate if there is a trade out there for, um, Harden or Dame or Paul George or, uh, whatever superstar is going to be on the move. Um, that being said, uh, you know, I, do like that they're sticking with continuity to a point um again a weak free agency class i just wish that um they would have made a little bit of a bigger splash but i do um i'm surprised at the reggie bullock uh, Bullock thing i texted you when that trade happened like okay this guy's gonna like he's gonna be waived uh you know he was just a guy to go ahead and make the the contracts work between Boston and Dallas, but, uh, it looks like they have plans for him, which is fine. He's, he's a, you know, decent three and D guy. He's been in the league for like uh, eight years, I think at this point. And then, um, I like study Osman. I mean, that's just me. He's just a, a guy that just kind of sits in the corner and shoot threes. So like him and you can't play him and Doug McDermott at the oh, same God. time. Like, can you imagine that? But, um, You know, I think he's going to be a pretty him and Reggie Bullock, if anything, are at least going to be decent veteran presence in the locker room for an extremely young team. So if there's any upside to that, um, there is. But of course, you know, things can happen later on in free agency. I mean, you know, we've seen it before. Like, I think it was like July 31st when Kevin Garnett got traded to Boston. Right. Um, and it was like later on in free agency when uh, Kawhi, you know, got traded to uh, the Clippers. So I don't, th- or signed with the Clippers, Paul George got traded to the Clippers, but um, you know, maybe we are going to be one of those teams and that's how we use our free agency money, um, you know, to go help them facilitate a trade. But I just wish we would have upgraded at the uh, point guard position, but um, who knows, maybe, maybe trade Jones takes that next step and, maybe we're just going to be bad another year and we'll figure out the point guard situation next year.
0: Sure. I think it's an interesting point you made about just veteran, there needs more veterans in the in the locker room, right? And that's something that I used to kind of discount. and just poo-poo and say, we don't need veterans. But I think successful teams always bring in uh, professionals, guys that have played guys that uh, know how to lace up their shoes guys that don't go out too much guys that don't have bad uh, either on-court or off-court habits. Um, and, and when you, I mean, this is still a young team, Jeremy Sohan's a young player, uh, Keldon and Devin are still very young players that have not really been around, um, you know, established veterans or established veteran stars, you know, for that long. Right. They had maybe a cup of coffee with DeJounte Murray, right. They had a cup of coffee with, um, Who's my guy from Toronto that we got for Kawhi? Uh oh, Jakob. Well, Jakob, and, and then. Uh,
1: oh, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar
0: DeRozan, right? Like, so, you know, traditional Spurs teams always had, you know, five veteran players, right? Even if they were just at the end of the bench and towel waving and, and you know, uh, high-fiving guys, you still had guys, that you know, like a Kevin Willis or a Danny Ferry or Steve Smith or Steve Kerr that just said, hey, keep the faith, brothers, like, you know, show up don't lose heart and i think sometimes that's an an underrated aspect again if i'm going to kill the the process is that you don't have these veteran players that help the young guys say hey you need to eat right you need to get your sleep don't go out too much right focus on this game focus on getting better don't get too carried away with the highs don't get too carried away with the lows right and so you know it could be a a reggie bullock comes in here and a city osman comes in here and maybe helps the doug mcdermott just say okay guys hey you know, those are essentially like the veteran players on the team. Hey guys, let's just, you know, keep it together. This is how you practice. What the coach is saying is right. Um, you know, and, and again, with a young team, you see plenty of young teams that have plenty of, of young players um, that just kind of fold in on themselves because there's not enough structure within the coaching staff or the front office or veteran, you know, locker room presence that says, Hey fellas, like let's keep the let's keep the train moving. Let's keep this culture going. Um, so yeah, I mean otherwise, you know, it's uneventful, but one of the things I wanted to bring up was was that Honestly, I don't think the Spurs know what they have yet. I don't think anybody yeah. knows what the Spurs have yet. You have to see what these guys do, and you have to see if you have uh, a generational player like Victor Wimbayama, you know, you don't want to just commit yourself to a Ricky Davis, right? You <laughs> can Imagine that when, when LeBron came in and there was Ricky Davis, and it was like, LeBron and Ricky Davis, and what did Ricky Davis do for LeBron? Nothing, right? I think he was already on the Cavaliers, but um But you were kind of committed to him until you could get that contract off your books. And what did they do? They kept adding, you know, other veterans. They added Larry Hughes, Larry Hughes, and (laughs) Drew Gooden, right? They kept and for for good money, right? And they kept putting themselves where they had this expensive, bloated contract of of veterans that just did not or could not play well with LeBron. And I don't think it wasn't LeBron's fault at all. It was just that the front office headed by Danny Ferry um, brought in all these veteran players. Uh, big ticket free agents and Ben and Wallace, trades. yeah, uh, Shaq at the end of his uh, at the end of his, his tenure, Mo um, Williams. And they, the, the Cavaliers could not get out from under those contracts to bring in actual young uh, complimentary players to LeBron. So that's not what I want to do with Wimby is saddle him with a bunch of guys that, you know, we don't know if they can play with him, if they want to be here. You know, see what you have. See how these guys play. See how Keldon plays off of Wimby. See how Sohan plays off of Wimby. See how Devin plays off of Wimby. And if, if any of those guys, you know... Th- don't like him can't play with him well guess what we'll see you later right we'll see you at the trade deadline um you you have to see what you've got i think too many times front offices and coaches a lot of coaches are coaching for their lives right but a lot of front offices are are so dead set on i need kevin durant and bradley beal and they're gonna play with um uh, Booker and it's like well can they play together how do they make each other better do they even like each other right but now you're you're pot committed uh to these these three guys uh, as well as you know Aiden right like you're pot committed yeah. and Aiden doesn't even want to be there so that's what i worry about it and that that's an extreme uh obviously but it that's kind of you know a concrete example of what happens when you do have young players that are talented and you just want to bring in these veteran players but you don't know if they can coexist or not and that's a very very expensive um you know uh plan that you know uncertain plan that you have so uh we're coming towards the end of the uh of the pod here. The last thing we want to bring up is uh, just came out this weekend that Greg Popovich has signed for another five years as coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, thoughts.
1: Um, I I love the deal. And I think this now puts him as one of the highest paid coaches in North American sports. Yeah. I think it was Adam Schefter or somebody that pointed out like this is going to be the new standard for NFL coaches uh, this season to renegotiate their their contracts and you know what like i I don't think there's anybody more deserving uh than pop uh for everything that he's done uh with the team for uh the city of san antonio but also i I think one thing that i really enjoy about this um and it's a word that i've heard used uh on other nba shows and you even mentioned it earlier continuity and I think for a young guy like Victor Wimbanyama, and you're going to go ahead and build this young team and and try to build it from the ground up, what do you need? You need continuity. You need guys that are able to go ahead and say, hey, this is the culture. This is what we have. This is what we're going to do. This is what we've been doing. We've been successful doing it this way. and I think by the end of the contract, Pop would have been coach for the Spurs, let's say if he plays out all, or, or not plays, but coaches all five years uh, for 32 years. Um, and I don't, unless Pop decides to step down himself, um, I don't see them really getting rid of him. But I, I think it's awesome to go ahead and have the continuity. You know, maybe maybe you bring some guys back uh, to the bench as assistant coaches to go ahead and help with the development of this young core. Um, but I am very excited to go ahead and see uh, that he's going to be coaching Wimby in his formative early years, because I think that's been kind of a um, topic that we've been kind of talking about, but not really in public, uh, is, well, who's going to be Pop's successor, Right. Right. <laughs> who's going to be, you know, the Kendall Roy or, oh, God. or, or the Shiv Roy, um, Becky Hammond is Shiv Roy. Um, oh, yeah. but you know, uh, who's going to be the successor and, in typical Logan Roy fashion, uh, pop's not leaving. And, uh, and unlike, you know, uh, Waystar Royco, I think that's actually a good thing for this team. And I think it's probably the best thing. And, uh, pop is probably the most revered figure in the league um, and i say that as somebody that watches a lot of games and you see all these players that come up to shake his hand afterwards that's the first thing these stars player uh, the star players do they go up and they shake pop's hand he is the most revered guy in the nba um and i think that's important for a lot of these youngsters to see and you know maybe if another free agent sees that they say hey they got the continuity i know pops going to be there for the next couple of years i know that they have this massive star maybe i want to go there i don't i don't really see how this could be a negative uh you know for any reason
0: Right. I was going to say, though, you know, who I noticed was sitting next to him the whole time was that Mitch Johnson, right? That that little coach. Yeah, so if I'm him. I'm like, what's up, pop? You know, I'm just here. I'm just doing my thing. I'm coaching. You know, maybe who knows? He, That's that could Tom be. The, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could be his, his, his body guy. Right. That, um. But yeah, everything you said, I, I co-sign on. So I don't I don't think I I need to kind of gild the lily there. But uh, well, Josh, numbers, this has been an incredible action packed, informative uh, Spur Shoe Diaries. Um, I think, I think, I don't know if we can add any more to it. I don't think the FCC will allow this much big audio dynamite. Uh, so with that fans, um, I'm going to salute you all, wish you all well. Any final parting words, Joshie numbers?
1: No, uh, can't wait for, uh, for preseason now.
0: Yeah. uh, Looking forward to it. Uh, Can't wait. Uh, Fans, go ahead. Again, this is Adam Danger Productions. Tell your friends, uh, tell your ma, uh, telegram, uh, have them listen. If you enjoy this, uh, please, yeah, subscribe, share it. Uh, If you hate it, you know, uh, well, that's too bad. I'm sorry for you. We're going to keep uh, doing it. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it, you know, whether you like it or not. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, pretty excited. Maybe we'll meet again after uh, after the end of, of Summer League, see if there's any changes, see if there's any updates, any news items. Uh, but again, looking forward to this season. Uh, can't wait for it to uh, to approach. But uh, fans, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, once again, this has been Spurnishing Diaries, and we are out.